Discover the hidden Israelite ancestry of some of the most powerful nations on earth. Watch as scripture unveils the terrifying future of America and Great Britain as revealed through the sabbatical and jubilee years. Discover the identity of Assyria and its role in this final jubilee cycle. Learn of the pending judgments that are to be soon poured out as a result of transgressing the sabbatical years. Sighted Moon. Shalom, brethren, and welcome to SightedMoon.com. I'm your host, Joseph Dumont, and today I want to talk to you about Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday is one of those days that Christianity has right, and a lot of people use it to justify a Thursday crucifixion, which would then justify a Sunday resurrection. Now, we've already talked to you about the three days and three nights, and we've talked to you about the road to Emmaus and how they've inserted the word today in this verse that should say it has now been three days since. Not today is the third day. It's been three days since he was killed that all these things happened. And that's what the two apostles said on the road to Emmaus. So today I want to talk to you about Palm Sunday and explain to you how that fits in to the events leading up to the death of Yeshua. But some people say that this Palm Sunday was the 10th of Nisan. The 10th of Nisan is what we find in um, Exodus when they're told to go and get the lambs and bring it into your home on the 10th day. Now, this is gets a little interesting because this, this understanding is that everything that happened during Passover and leading up to the Exodus is also all the events leading up to the death of the Messiah, Yeshua. The Jewish Passover beginning on Nisan 14 and the seven-day Feast of Unleavened Bread, which follows starting on Nisan 15, are filled with meaning for the Christians and Messianic Jews today. The preparations for this feast are actually begin several days before. And it's the events leading up to it that we need to pay attention to, because every little detail of the Passover event from the Exodus takes place with Yeshua. He was our Passover lamb. So let's go and read what, this, what took place in Exodus 12, starting in verse 1. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be your beginning of months. Again, this is the month of Passover. This is the month of Aviv. This is your month that you're to begin the year with. You know, he didn't say all that. I, I, <laughs> I interjected that. I'm sorry. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of persons. According to each man's need, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. Now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. And they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. And then they shall eat the flesh on that night, roasted in fire with unleavened bread, because this is now the Passover night, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. And they put the blood on the doors, 
And then that night, the night of the 15th, so the sun sets, it begins the, the, the new day. So the night of the 15th, the lambs are killed at the end of the 14th at 3 o'clock. That's when Yeshua died. The blood is put on the doors. And then that night, at midnight, the death angel passed over. Actually, what the, the expression is that Jehovah stood guard and prevented death from coming into that house and taking the firstborn. So this is the event. This is the scripture that we're trying to, to match to Yeshua's death. And people believe that Palm Sunday is the 10th day. I want to go to another scripture. We're going to stop, stop right there, hold it right there, because this is very interesting what people are doing. Let's go to Genesis 3. Genesis 3. What's he doing in Genesis? Genesis 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which Jehovah God had made. And he said to the woman, that is, the serpent said to the woman, Is it so that God has said, You shall not eat of every tree in the garden? You know, he put that idea, he planted a seed in her mind. Uh, and the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Satan knows the scriptures. He knows them better than any of you. Then he comes back and he says to the woman, And the serpent said to the woman, You shall not surely die, for God knows that in the day that you eat of it, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as God, knowing good and evil. So Satan plants a seed, and then he waters it, and causes this idea in the woman's brain that we're going to be just like God if we eat this stuff. We're going to be like God. It's his subtleness, his cunning, his manipulation of the scriptures that's involved here. When he goes to talk and talks with the uh, Yeshua when he's 40 days in the wilderness, at the end of those 40 days, Satan comes up to him and he asks him three questions and tries to get him to worship Satan. Yeshua doesn't debate with him, doesn't have a discussion with him. Yeshua just answers every one of his questions with a scripture in response. There's two ways of doing this here. We can have a discussion and debate and hash this out and maybe not get a conclusion. Or we can go to the scriptures and find the answer there. This Palm Sunday and being the 10th day of the first of Nisan is a subtle, cunning statement by Satan. Before you even begin to have this discussion, you've already got it planted in your head, the wrong outcome. Do you even know what I'm talking about yet? <laughs> uh, sometimes I laugh to myself, I'm sorry. But the 10th of Nisan, as we've just read here in Exodus 12, is when you go and get the lamb. And this is the day that Yeshua rode into Jerusalem, riding on a colt on Palm Sunday. We're going to look at these scriptures here in a second. I just want you to know that you've already been fed a lie and you don't even know it yet. Okay, we're going to save that to the end. But I just, I just had to tell you up front so maybe you can start thinking about this and, and then we'll come back to it in a bit. Let's go to John 1, verse 29. And the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So here we have Yeshua being told that he's the Lamb of God. It's that Lamb that's going to be sacrificed at Passover. Uh, John 1.36, again the next day John stood with two of his disciples and looked at Jesus as he walked. 
he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. Now we go to Revelation 5 and verse 4. So I wept much, because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll, or to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Behold, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. Then he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. So here again we have Yeshua, the lamb. Every detail of, of the Passover Exodus event is replayed now in the crucifixion of Yeshua. He was that lamb of Jehovah, and he was the lamb that had to be examined and then killed. He had to be examined for four days before he was killed. And just as the lamb was taken into the houses of those who were about to kill it, so Yeshua was taken into the house and to the temple and examined for those days leading up to his death, and he was found not guilty. Mark twelve thirteen. Then they sent him to, uh, to. They sent him some of the Pharisees and the Herodians to catch him in his words. See, this is how they're testing him. Matthew twenty six fifty nine sixty. Now the chief priests, the elders, and all the council sought false testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but found none. Even though many false witnesses came forward, they found none. Uh, Luke twenty three one. Then the whole multitude of them arose and laid him to Pilate, and they began to accuse him, saying, We found this fellow perverting the nation and forbidding to pay taxes to Caesar, saying that he himself is Christ, a king. Then Pilate asked him, saying, Are you the king of the Jews? He answered him and said, It is as you say. So Pilate said to the chief priests in the crowd, I find no fault in this man. That's the first time. That's number one. Now we go to Luke 23, 13. Then Pilate, when he had called together the chief priests, the rulers, and the people, said to them, You have brought this man to me as one who misleads the people. And indeed, having examined him in your presence, I have found no fault in this man concerning those things of which you accuse him. No, neither did Herod. So neither Herod nor Pilate. For I sent, him, I, for I sent you back to him, and indeed, nothing deserving of death has been done to him, done by him. I will therefore chastise him and release him, for it was necessary to, for him to release one to them at the feast. So here's Herod and Pilate saying that he's not guilty. Luke 30, or 23, 22. Then he said to them the third time, Why? What evil has he done? I have found no reason for death in him. I will therefore chastise him and let him go. So three times Herod says, or Pilate says, he's not guilty. And Herod said, he's not guilty. These are the events leading up to us, showing us the examination and then the slaughter of Yeshua. He was and he is the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. And this is the day he's going to be slain just before Passover on the preparation day of Nisan 14. We're talking about Palm Sunday. And we're talking about Palm Sunday and how it deceives you. Because a lot of people presume, assume, and we know what that word assume means, that Palm Sunday was the 10th of Nisan. 
And I've been telling you that from the beginning of this show, how this is going to lead you astray. So we, in order to solve this misunderstanding, we have to look at the chronology. And the reason we're doing this is because a lot of people are trying to justify uh, Easter Sunday as ascension or, or the day he came out of the grave. We've already shown you that he came out of the grave at the end of the Sabbath, Saturday afternoon, three days and three nights later. And we've already shown you that Sunday, three days have already passed and all, since all these things happened, which is in the road to Emmaus teaching. Now we're looking at Palm Sunday, a week before the ladies found him at, or found him at the tomb and the tomb was empty. So let's go to John 11, John 11, verse 55. And the Passover of the Jews was near, and many went from the country up to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. Then they sought Jesus and spoke among themselves as they stood in the temple. What do you think? That he will not come to the feast? Now both the chief priests and the Pharisees had given a command that if anyone knew where he was, he should report it, that they might seize him. See, they wanted to arrest him, and they also wanted to arrest Lazarus, and they wanted to put them both to death before the Passover. But because of the crowds, they were afraid to get, you know, to get caught doing this. Passover was on the Thursday. Uh-oh. Nisan 15th was on the Thursday. It was a high day that John mentions when he's talking about this day. It's a high holy day. Passover is eaten after sunset at the end of the 14th day, when the lambs are killed. The lambs are killed on the 14th day, which was a Wednesday that year. This is 31 common era. Yeshua was killed and was our Passover lamb, killed at 3 p.m. on Wednesday afternoon, the 14th of Nisan. Now, some people argue, no, I can't be, because if, if Wednesday's the 14th, then, then the 10th is not Sunday, Palm Sunday. The 10th is Saturday. So that can't be right. Well, now you got to start thinking, what's going on here? Which is it? You've already swallowed the lie, and you don't even know it. That's the amazing... You've, you don't even know what the lie is yet, but you've already started to believe it. And this is incredible. It's just incredible. The Passover meal would then be eaten that night. It would be eaten Thursday night. So Passover was on the Wednesday. Thursday night after sunset, or sorry, not Thursday night, Wednesday night after sunset, which is the beginning of the next day, Thursday, would have been when the Passover meal would have been eaten. Again, this is explained in our three days and three nights. So in John 12, verse 1, it says, Then six days before the Passover... Then six days before Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was, who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. They, there they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. This is John 12, verse 1. Six days before Passover. So if Passover, like I'm saying, was the Thursday... So you have Wednesday is the first one day, counting backwards. Tuesday is two. Monday is three. Sunday is four. Saturday is five. Friday is the sixth day. And this is the day Yeshua arrived at the house of Lazarus and Mary and Martha. Six days before the Passover. Passover is Thursday. Wednesday is the preparation day for the Passover when the lambs are killed. Six days before the Passover brings us to Friday. And then notice what they said. Mary made him supper. 
So when do you have supper? It's Friday. Supper's in the evening. That means this is a Sabbath meal. It's now become the fifth day, or five days before the Passover. So this Sabbath, which is the seventh day, is now five days before the Passover, which John just said was it's six days before was a Friday, so now Saturday is five days before the Passover. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Hope I'm not confusing you here. John said six days before was a Friday. The supper is a Sabbath, which is the seventh day of the week, which is now five days before the Passover. <laughs> Boy, I sure hope that's as clear as mud. Okay, let's carry on. And the Sabbath has begun, and they're having a meal together. Then in verse 3, we read about how the oil being poured on the feet of Yeshua by Mary, and then how Judas rebuked her, and then he himself was rebuked by Yeshua. And this oil incident is mentioned by all the, the gospel writers, but they get it in different orders. Here it is, John, giving to you chronologically on this Sabbath evening. John 12, uh, verse 3, Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. And if you ever smell spikenard, it smells awesome. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who betrayed him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box, and he used to, he used to take what was put in it. But Jesus said, let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. For the poor you have with you always, but me you do not have always. So again, Yeshua has already hinted a number of times that he's about to die, but nobody's catching on to it. John then goes on to tell us of the crowd that came to see both Yeshua and Lazarus. This was not at supper time, but had to have been on the Sabbath the next day. John 12, verse 9. Now, a great many of the Jews knew that he was there, and they came, not for Jesus' sake only, but that they, that, but that they might also see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priests plotted to put Lazarus to death also, because on account of him many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. So we got to point out something here that almost everyone misses. This Sabbath day, when Yeshua was brought into the home of Lazarus, and all these people came on the Sabbath to see both him and Lazarus, was in fact the tenth day of the month. Th let me say that again. When Mary made the supper for Yeshua, it was the Sabbath. And this Sabbath was the tenth day. And this was the day that the lambs are brought into the house, and Yeshua was brought into the home of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, three people whom he loved. And this is the beginning of this process. The next day, during the Sabbath, the same tenth day, all these people are coming to see him at Mary and Martha and Lazarus' home. And they're also coming to see Lazarus, who was raised from the dead, whom they've heard of. Now, the story of Lazarus being raised from the dead is spoken of in John. I couldn't find it in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, but it's spoken of in John. And this happens just before this event. But then it says he goes up to Ephrath, and then he comes from Jericho into Bethany. So from Ephrath, or Ephraim, he had to go to Jericho, and it's not told, we're not, I didn't find out when that was. So sometime before Passover, Lazarus is raised from the dead. So this event is the tenth day 
of the first month. It's the Sabbath. It's not Palm Sunday. This is the Sabbath when he's brought into their home. Now, all three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, begin with Yeshua coming from Bethpage, which is where Lazarus lived, which is just on the other side of the Mount of uh, Olives. Uh, and he's coming to Jerusalem. And they all give the same chronology from about this point on. I'm going to use Mark for the most part, but John and Mark seem to have it. And then in some parts they get mixed up and, and they get stuff over, you know, overlapped or re retold in a different order. So, But let's continue from John 12, verse 12. And the next day a great multitude had come to the feast. When they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took branches of palms, trees, and went out to meet him and cried, Hosanna. Blessed is he. So hang on. John 12, 12. The next day. This is not the Sabbath. This is now Sunday. So Sunday, this is when this takes place. And Christianity has this day right. It's Palm Sunday. We should rejoice in it. Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Then Jesus, when he had found a young donkey, sat on it and, as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. Okay, that comes from Zechariah, the prophet Zechariah. His prophets, and this is continuing in John, his prophets did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things were written about him and that they had to be done, that they had done these things to him. Therefore, the people who were with him when he called Lazarus out of his tombs and raised him from the dead, bore witness. For this reason, the people also met him, because they heard that he had done this sign. The Pharisees therefore said amongst themselves, You see that you are accomplishing nothing? Look, the world has gone after him. And the Pharisees were afraid of losing their power over the people, which is what religion does to you. It's a power over the people. That's why I got no one that follows me. I'm telling you to read your Bible. I'm just showing you how, you know, sometimes you need to read some things and add these other scriptures to your understanding so that you understand it. And then I tell you to go out and teach. I don't tell you to follow me. Now we're going to go to Mark. Mark's going to describe uh, these things and give you a bit more information. Now, when they drew near Jerusalem to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and he said to them, Go into the village opposite you, and as soon as you find... So the village opposite, opposite them? That's not Jerusalem. You know, this is um, Ras Almud, which is on top of Silwan. Silwan means pillar. Ras Almud, I don't know what it means. But this is just there on top of the Mount of Olives, on the way from Bethany, just as you approach Jerusalem. Sent two of his disciples, and we stayed there many times, and I bring people there lots of times to show them the things that are there. Not too many people go there. Entered, and you will find a colt tied on it, which no one has sat. Loose it and bring it. And if anyone asks you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord has need of it, and immediately he will send it here. So they went their way, and they found the colt tied by the door outside on the street. And they loosed it. But some of those who stood there said to them, what are you doing, loosing the colt? And they spoke to them just as Jesus had commanded, so they let them go. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their clothes on it, and he sat on it. And many spread their clothes on the road, and others cut down leafy branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then those who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the kingdom of our father David. 
that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And Jesus went to, into Jerusalem and into the temple. So when he had looked around at all things, as the hour was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. So that's Palm Sunday. He goes up, rides into Jerusalem, and then he goes up to the temple, and then he looks around, and then because it's already late, he's going back to Bethany, which is about a half hour, 45 minute walk from the temple. So that's Sunday. Now, Matthew, uh, I mean Mark 11, 12. Now the next day, so the next day is Monday, when they had come from out of Bethany, he was hungry, and seeking from afar, seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to it to see if perhaps he would find something on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. So this wasn't fig season. So Yeshua was going to the tree looking for a fig, knowing that there wouldn't be a fig on it. What is he doing? Why is he doing this? In response, Yeshua said to it, Let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And the disciples heard it, and so they came to Jerusalem, then Yeshua went into the temple, began to drive out those who bought and sold on the temple, and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of the, those who sold doves. And he would not allow anyone to carry wares through the temple. Then he taught, saying to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. Not just the Jews, but for all nations. But you have made it a den of thieves. And the scribes and chief priests heard it and sought how they might destroy him, because they were now angry. For they feared him, because all the people were astonished at his teaching. When evening had come, he went out of the city. Oops. So now it's Monday evening. He's gone out of the city. We've now come to the end of Monday. Mark then goes on to tell us about the events that took place on Tuesday. Now in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Yeshua answered and said to him, Have faith in God, for surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, Whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. The fig tree is dead. This fig tree was as you approach Jerusalem. It's in the garden where he goes to pray. Why did he curse the fig tree? He knew there was no fruit on it. This goes back to the Garden of Eden. When Adam and Eve, remember, they were, we read that here in Genesis 3. They were deceived by Satan, and they took of the forbidden fruit. And as soon as they took from the forbidden fruit, what did they do? So let's go back to Genesis 3 and continue where we left off. We read 1 and 2. Let's go to Genesis and 3. Let's read verse 4. And the serpent said to the woman, You shall not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as God, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasing to the eyes, and a tree to be desired, and to make wise, she took of the fruit. You know, she had all these lusts for the tree, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the lust of their stomach. And she ate, and she gave some to her husband, and he ate. Verse 7. And the eyes of both of them were open, 
and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made girdles for themselves. It is presumed in, in Jewish mythology that the tree of good and evil that Adam and Eve took the fruit of was the same tree that the very first thing they did after they realized that they had sinned, they reached up from the same tree and grabbed fig leaves to cover themselves. Those fig leaves come from the tree of what we believe to be the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Can we prove this? No, we can't prove it. But this is the idea behind this. So why did Yeshua curse the tree, the fig tree? Not because it didn't have fruit on it. It wasn't the season for fruit. He cursed the fig tree because it represents the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It represents Satan's tree. The tree that Yeshua would be hung on was in the same place, in the same area. That tree is an almond tree. Why is it an almond tree? What is the menorah fashioned after? The tree of life, the almond branches, the almonds themselves, the almond leaves. What was Aaron's rod that budded inside the ark? An almond branch. His staff was a branch of an almond tree. So this is the aside here. This is a little aside. This is why Yeshua cursed the tree, and this is why... Well, it goes right back to the Garden of Eden. That's where it comes from. Okay, so let's get back to Mark 11, verse 20. This is now the Tuesday morning, and you can read all these things about what happened in chapter 13. And then they left the temple, and they were heading back over to the Mount of Olives, where he explains to them about the end times. And we read about that in Matthew 24 as he's explaining that. And then we read Mark 13, 1. And he went out of the temple, and his disciples said to him, Teacher, see the man of the stone, and talk about the temple and all these things. Uh, yeah, we've, we've, we can cover all that. But from there, his disciples said, Where shall we prepare the Passover? And he tells them to go in this, the city, and, and this is what they're to do. And that's what they do. And this is all taking place on the Tuesday. Because the Passover is not that night. But the Passover is to begin Wednesday night. And Yeshua desired to keep the Passover because if he could keep the Passover, that would mean that he wouldn't be killed. But he never got to keep the Passover that year. He was the sacrifice. He was that same Passover lamb that had been examined and found not guilty and not guilty three times by Pontius Pilate, not guilty by Herod, and accused of being guilty by the the. Pharisees, and the crowd. But he was found not guilty. He was that lamb that had been examined from Saturday when he was brought into the home of Martha and Lazarus and Mary. The next day when all the people came out to him on the Sabbath, when he rode into town on the, on the colt on Sunday, on Palm Sunday, on Monday when he's at the temple and he turns over the temple tables, and on Tuesday when he's again at the temple and they're trying to trick him with all these trick questions, he's being examined and no fault can be found in him. So they have to create false accusers. Did you catch the subtle lie here that we talked about at the beginning? The subtle lie is that you are told that Palm Sunday is the 10th day of Nisan. And now you're trying to justify Palm Sunday with a... 14th being on Wednesday and trying to count those four days and you can't figure it out and it's not making sense and you're, you're racking your brain. Palm Sunday is not the 10th day, it's the 11th day. And that's the lie that you've been fed by these people who are trying to match up 
Palm Sunday with Easter Sunday, a week later when he came out of the grave. He did not come out of the grave on Easter Sunday. He came out of the grave at the end of the Sabbath. On Sunday, which is a wave sheep day, that's the day he ascended into heaven and brought those who were dead, those dead saints who lived before him, he brought them out and raised them up with him. Take ca uh, capturing captivity and raising the dead and bringing them up to heaven. You know, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Enoch, Noah, Shem. These saints are now in heaven. The, it says in Revelation that there's 24 elders up there. If you look up that word elders, that means ancestors, people who had lived before. And Jesus also said to the, that there, no one had gone to heaven except the Son of Man who came down from heaven. So if no one's gone to heaven when he said that, then how did those 24 elders get up there? Only at this wave offering, which takes place on that Sunday during the Days of Unleavened Bread. It's wave sheaf day. This is such an important day because it's the first time that people have been raised from the dead. And when you understand this, and you understand the Holy Days, because the Holy Days reveal the plan of salvation, it eliminates all this guessing that Christianity does. The next wave offering is the Feast of Shavuot, again on a Sunday. But that's the only Sunday that's a Holy Day, mandated. And if you're going to keep Pentecost Sunday, then you've got to keep the other holy days of Leviticus 23. Pentecost Sunday is the next wave offering. If you want to talk about the rapture, that would be the day of the rapture. But people are guessing the rapture. And the rapture is only something invented in the 1830s. It hasn't been around that long. So do you understand what Palm Sunday is? It's the 11th day of Nisan, not the 10th day. Don't be deceived. So Tuesday is the day that they go and prepare for the Passover. But Tuesday night, they have the Last Supper. They ate bread, leavened bread, and they dipped the bread in the sauce. Yeshua dipped the bread in the sauce. And he says, the guy that I dip my bread in the sauce with and give it to, that's the guy who's going to betray me. Have you ever tried to dip matzo in the sauce? It doesn't work very well. It doesn't soak up anything. But bread soaks up sauce, and he gave it to Judas. And Judas took that bread, and he left with him. And the last of the leaven left the room getting ready for the Days of Unleavened Bread, which began with the dusk at the, fifth, at the end of the 14th and the start of the 15th day. This is what's going on here. Yeshua wanted to take part in the Passover, but he was the Passover meal. He was that lamb that was killed. He was that lamb that was examined since sunset Friday when he came into the house of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Those ten, on the tenth day of the first month of Nisan, just like the lambs were. He was crucified. He was slaughtered just like the lambs were. But unlike the lambs, the barley is what is beaten. The lamb is not beaten. The barley is beaten, and the barley represents him as well, because that's the wave offering. All these symbols are here in Passover. All these symbols are there for us to understand and to learn. But so long as we continue to make Jesus a Sunday thing, then you will never, ever get a Jew to understand what you're talking about. But when you understand that you, Jesus, his name was Yeshua in Hebrew, and he was Jewish, and he kept the Jewish holy days of Leviticus 23, and they were never done away, 
And those holy days explain the plan of salvation. And every single major event in that Bible is done on one of those holy days. And unless you understand them, the next major events that happen on those holy days, you will not be there for them because you will not understand what they are and you will not be ready for them. And you will be like those five foolish virgins who were who did not have enough oil. And Yeshua said to them, Be gone from me, you workers of lawlessness, you workers who do not keep the law. He says before that, you know, they were casting out demons, they were doing righteous acts, they were feeding the poor, taking care of the needy, doing all these really good things, but they didn't keep the law. Yeshua said in 1 John, maybe 2 John, if you love me, if you love me, keep the commandments. Those who say I love you or love him and keep not the commandments, they are liars. And they're going to be told, be gone from me, you workers of lawlessness. If you want to put on righteousness, you know, we talked about in Revelation about putting on these white robes. Those people underneath the, the, the throne were putting on white robes and told to wait a little while. Those white robes are the white robes of righteousness. Righteousness in Psalm 119, verse 172. All your commandments are righteousness. This is what we are to be putting on. The Torah, the commandments, to keeping the holy days, keeping the Sabbath, keeping the sabbatical year, so that we develop this righteousness in us, so that we have this extra oil, so that on the time when he does come, and he comes on in one of those feast days, the Feast of Trumpets, but we're going to be raised up at the Feast of Shavuot. Again, there's some more understanding to go on here, and other teachings other days. But if you don't understand the holy days, if you're not keeping the commandments, you're not going to have on those white robes of righteousness. You're not going to be sitting there in the, the wedding feast with those white proper robes for the wedding on. And you're going to be that guy that's told, get out of here. I never knew you. Understand your truth. We've now explained the three days and three nights. We've now explained to you when Palm Sunday was and when the 10th day of Nisan was. And we've explained to you what this third day is a misinterpretation. It's three days since on the road to Emmaus. So now you know that Wednesday was the crucifixion. Thursday was the first day, the high holy day of the first day of unleavened bread, the feast of Passover. Friday was the preparation day for the weekly Sabbath. And Saturday was the Sabbath when he came out of the grave. And Sunday morning, he ascended on high at nine o'clock as he told Mary, don't touch me, I've not yet ascended. Do you understand how awesome these events are once you understand what they are? When you come on tour with me in Jerusalem, I walk you around to these places and I show you where Beth Page is. I show you where Lazarus' house is. I show you where he was killed. I show you where the fig tree was approximately. I show you where the almond tree was approximately. I show you where the Ark of the Covenant was, is. Oops. <laughs> I show you where the temple was because the curtain had to be torn in two so that if Jehovah was in the temple, he could see his son being killed across the Kidron Valley. Well, I think I'm going to wrap that up for another, another session, brethren. I want you to keep us in your prayers. Both James and I, uh, we are being threatened, physically threatened by people. Our lives and our families are being threatened by people. Uh, it's strange that both of us are being threatened by different people at the same time as we start this new sabbatical cycle, the fourth cycle of war. 
In this cycle, the saints are going to be martyred. In this cycle, war is coming, famine is coming, pestilence is coming. But the saints are also going to be martyred. I want you to get ready. I want you to be prepared. And I want you to be strong. I want you to have courage, like Joshua had courage. Please, keep us in your prayers. We need your prayers. We need your prayers. You may not be able to send a donation, that's fine. But you can pray for us. And we need your prayers. Our Father, Jehovah, our powerful and great Creator, watch over these people. Show them these truths that we're showing to them each week. Show them these truths. Reveal it to their eyes. Open their eyes so they can see it. Help them to understand these simple truths that prove that you are real. And remove all the confusion that's out that keeps them away from knowing you. Guide them, Father, into all your truths. Help them to understand the Sabbath, the Holy Days, the sabbatical year. Help them understand what the Holy Days of Leviticus are talking about. Bless them, Father, and give them courage so that they can stand up and teach during these difficult years that are coming in this fourth sabbatical cycle. And let your name be glorified in all that we do. In the name of Jehovah, we pray. Amen. It is because of listeners like you who have had the foresight to both pray for us and financially support this program that have allowed us to continue to teach others who are still looking for these truths. Because you have paid it forward, many are now able to hear this message and to learn these truths about the sabbatical and jubilee cycles along with the magnificent prophecies that reveal which could only be revealed in these very last days. When you support our efforts financially today, we are able to produce more radio and video teachings that help others who are waking up and beginning to look for the God that warned us of these curses that are already happening on the nightly news and of even worse, what is yet to come. You can send your support by going to our support page at www.sidedmoon.com or by mailing checks, bank drafts, or money orders made out to Joseph F. Dumond, P.O. Box 21007 RPO, 151st Street, Orangeville, Ontario, Canada, L9W S30. On behalf of those yet to be called, we thank you for helping us get this end time warning out. <laughs>